Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So, uh, this week was a, was a kind of a remarkable week in a couple of different settings because, number one, we did not have something that was planned every single day. I mean, you know, we had the retreat and then we had a wedding out at the ranch, at the ranch. Uh, we had the retreat, we had the wedding, and then we had four services out at the ranch. It has been crazy the past like month and really it started in the summer. And so we really didn't have a lot going on this week, but that doesn't mean that we didn't have a lot going on. It just means that there wasn't anything scheduled for today or anything. So it was a lot of catching up. And, and part of this catching up was that, uh, my wife has this golf cart that my brother got her that, uh, will smoke anything on the ranch. Okay. Like it, it'll run faster than the gator, faster than the UTV. She's like the little speed demon around there. And she's only run over two dogs. <laughs> you think I'm joking? <laughs> she's only run over two dogs. And, um, but it, it's got like this, like a winter cover on it, and she took the doors off, but, you know, it's that plastic kind of deal, rain guard and everything like that. Well, well, the stupid thing is held, it's bolted on the top, but on the bottom it has this bolt squeezy mechanism that keeps it from rattling on the bottom, right? And so I fix that thing about every four days, okay? I have, because out there, you know, Cammie's got a lead foot. She's, you know, running over dogs and, you know, everything that she does and those things always fall off. So she's always asking me to, uh, to fix them. And the way that I attempted to fix it is I like harmony. And that is where that contraption wanted to be was off of it. So I voted for just allowing it to be in its natural state. Cammie did not like my suggestion. For some reason, she wanted it fixed. And I have come to the conclusion that God puts two types of people together. Those that can see things that need to be fixed and those that have to fix them. Am I right? Why is Shay laughing so hard over here? I don't know. And neither one of the, like, the person that sees what needs to be fixed can never fix it. And the person that has the skill to fix it never sees it. Right? So, you know, we set up now. Right? We set up. So, I got tired of fixing this thing every three days. So, guess what I'm going to do? I've got a whole shop full of tools. We're going to hardwire this thing. We're going to put a bolt in there. We're going to no more squeezy thing. I got some self-tapping screws from when Kevin and all of these, Caleb and everybody came and helped us build the shop. You know, Doug Bennett and everybody that came and helped. I got some sheet metal screws left over from that. And it just goes in that little lip on the bottom. So I, and I hit the frame. Well, I mean, it, sheet metal screws, one thing going through, you know, thin metal. But, the, you know, when you hit the frame of a golf cart, and a golf cart is heavy, right? It's kind of hard. So it was just like, it wouldn't go anywhere. But guess what? I got a shop full of tools. I got a drill. I'll show this thing. I get my drill out. 
I drilled the perfect pilot, most perfect pilot hole you've ever seen in your life right through one of the batteries. <laughs> Have you any idea how much acid is in those batteries? It ran for like four days. We now have a sinkhole from it eating through the concrete in the shop. That is not true. It did not do that. But Cammy's standing right there, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there looking at it. And she goes, oh, did you hit a battery? I said, no, it's probably just rainwater that was in the bottom. And I tried to believe that. Because, yeah, everything in your mind's like, I didn't just fix it, I just made it worse. And not only did I make it worse, I made it an expensive worse. Because golf cart batteries, oh, dear Lord, we need to take up an offering. Right? Good grief, those things are expensive. So, you ever got mad? You ever had one of those days when you're like, you've had a rough time, you're tired, you just want to maybe relax and let things settle down a little bit, and then something happens, and as we used to say in the prison system, something comes in and tries to steal your cool, right? You ever got mad? You ever get angry? Does it seem like sometimes the deck is stacked against you and that somebody has a personal vendetta against you and you alone? Oh, yeah, you've been there. I know you have. But how do you react when, when, when you're supposed to fix something and not only did you not fix it, now it's worse than when you started? How do you react? How do you treat those around you when you get real, real furious? But what does God say about getting mad? What does God say about getting mad? Because listen, I mean, we talked about this last week. You want to know why the book of John is my favorite book in the Bible? Because two of the most controversial things God ever did, and by God I'm meaning Jesus because he was fully man, but he was fully God at the same time. He was part of the Trinity. His first two things he did... In his ministry, after getting baptized and everything like that, the first one was making 13 gallons of wine for some drunk people. Okay? It, religion has a really hard time with that, right? And, and I think we missed the point on that miracle. Yes, he did make wine. No, he did not make grape juice. He is not Welch's. You know, he's, he, he's more like Sonoma Valley, okay? It, it was real wine. It, it, controversial. He made first miracle he ever did in public that we know of is turning water into wine. And the second thing that he did was go to the temple and throw hands. Read John. It, those two things are those two things happen right after each other. Right? So it's okay. I mean, Jesus got mad. Being mad in and of itself isn't a bad thing. It's not a sin to get mad. It's not a sin to get frustrated. But today. We will look at three verses on anger and see if maybe we can tame the tempest in, inside, if, if you know what I mean, right? And, and, and what I love and hate about cowboy ministry is originally I had put in there that tame the tiger within us all, but then I knew some of y'all would be like, yeah, I'm a tiger, or y'all have been singing uh, 
tiger in them tight-fitting jeans. I, I know y'all, so I have to watch what I say. So today we're going to look at three verses on anger and see if maybe we can tame the tempest that can sometimes live in us all. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. The very end of that verse, which I, I, I didn't include the whole verse, but at the very end of that verse, it says in First or 2 Corinthians 2, 11, I'm sorry, for we are familiar with the devil's schemes. That's what Paul says. For we are familiar with Satan's schemes. And in context, you know, why, why does Paul say that? What happened is somebody in the Corinthians church had done something wrong, okay? They had done something wrong, and Paul was telling them, listen, man, y'all kind of handled that okay. You, you did exactly what I instructed you to do. But at the same time, but at the same time, let's go ahead and forgive him before our discipline of this man turns into hate for this man. Because if you forgive them, then I forgive them. And if we forgive people on earth, then God will forgive them in heaven, right? And then Paul says, for we are familiar with Satan's schemes. See, this week, this week I got told this. <laughs> I like that I'm able to laugh about this now. I laughed about it when it happened too, but anyway, this, is, this was one of my, uh, my fans. See, somebody that criticizes you all the time and follows everything you do is still a fan, right? And one of my fans told me to, quote, find your receipt and take all your cowboy stuff back to boot barn and get yourself a refund. That's what I got told this week, right? Yeah! <laughs> I tried to go in boot barn to buy a set of something. I couldn't find nothing cowboy in the whole place, right? Yeah, because they don't make they don't make Western wear stores anymore. They have like cowboy bling stores now. I could not find a work shirt in Boot Barn, right? But I found some seventy dollar jeans with rhinestones on them, and y'all cowboys need to take those off. So anyway, I don't know what Boot Barn is, but but see, listen, we get mad at people. It, get, getting mad with people. It's part of life. I mean, people are going to say stupid things, right? But, but just because somebody says something dumb doesn't mean that we have to get mad about it. Don't take that bait. That's what Paul's talking about, the devil's schemes. He always tries to come in between two people, you and God and you and somebody else. That's devil schemes. He's always, always, always trying to come in between you and God and you and somebody else. Don't take his bait. He's working through somebody to try to steal my cool, to try to attack who I am and my identity, which, by the way, is not in a hat or boots. It's in Christ. Right? So you can't come at me with cowboy stuff and make fun of me and hurt my feelings because my identity is not in this hat and these boots and this button-down pearl snap good-looking shirt. 
It is in Christ who lives within me. That is my identity, and you can't touch that, right? We get mad when people say stupid things, and we often call people stupid in the process. But I think that really the thing is, is that it's that we don't understand people like that. Because I'm not, and this was on social media, and I know you, you, we can talk about, for all of the negative stuff, there is positive stuff that I could talk about forever. But I don't bring up a lot of those because those are all really personal. You know, people are pouring their hearts out. So I can't share those things with y'all, right? So I share some of this stuff with you, but people will try to make you mad. But I think that the Part of our frustration is we don't understand why people act like that, right? Well, isn't it funny that when we don't understand, we call them stupid? Let me say that again. Why is it that when we call people stupid when we don't understand? Well, let me throw some understanding your way, okay? Let's look at this right quick. But they don't have a deep relationship with Christ, Right? They don't have a deep relationship with Christ, number one. We're helping, I'm helping you understand those that act silly sometimes and say silly things sometimes. Things that are intentionally trying to attack who you are. Right? They don't have a deep relationship with Jesus, number one. And number two, the res this results in a life filled with pain and fear. That's the result because before you had Christ in your life, that's what you lived in. It's what I lived in. A life filled with fear, pain, and even uncertainty. Man, listen, hurting people hurt people. Hurting people do hurtful things. A dog that's hurt, when you go try to help it, will sometimes try to bite you. Listen, it's not that we shouldn't understand. As Christians, we should be the most understanding of all, should we not be? A lot of times the biggest criticism of Christianity is people say, well, you just think you're better than everybody else. You know what? We should be better than everybody else. Better at loving. Better at understanding what a life without Christ will lead to. Right? We should be better at not taking the bait. <laughs> yes, I think that Christians should be better than everybody else because Jesus has called us to live a better life. Now, that does not put us in a better standing like, like we're worth more or something because Jesus died for those people just like they died for you, right? For we are familiar with Satan's schemes. And you know what? It's not just that they don't have a deep relationship with Jesus. It's not just that they live a life filled with pain and fear and uncertainty. But the Bible also says that out of your mouth will flow the true nature of your heart. Now, before you pop off at the mouth next time, the next time one of your kiddos steals your cool, the next time somebody cuts you off in traffic, the, ne the next time anything happens... Understand that what comes out of your mouth, the good book says, is what we're storing in our heart. And I would a lot rather out of your mouth flow forgiveness, 
understanding, and peace instead of just throwing a wall-eyed fit, right? We are not, <clears throat> for we are familiar with Satan's evil schemes. He is going to try to do two things. He's going to try to come in between you and God, and he's going to do his best to come between you and somebody else. And listen, oftentimes that somebody else is your spouse, right? Don't let him do it. God brought y'all together for a reason, so that both halves could become one, the true image of God. The power of God and the beauty of God come together. Don't let Satan's evil schemes come between you and somebody else, okay? Second, Galatians 4.16. Galatians 4.16. This right here we got to be real careful with, folks. Okay, because things in the Bible can be used way out of context. Okay, let's not use this one out of context. Galatians 4.16 says, Have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? That was Paul's question to the Galatians. He says, Have I now become your enemy because I told you the truth? Has anyone ever said anything that hurt your feelings? <laughs> We've all been. And when I say hurt your feelings, listen, that's the only reaction that there is. You say, no, that didn't hurt my feelings. It made me mad. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. You keep telling yourself that. You get mad at somebody when they say something, they hurt your feelings or you wouldn't be mad. Okay? I mean, I'm not. Have I now become your enemy? <laughs> Because I told you the truth. And why I said to be careful with that. Why I said to be careful with that was for that reason right there. We're talking about a truth from God, not my opinion. Okay? It is my opinion that when you get mad at what somebody said, they hurt your feelings. But that is my opinion. That is not truth. Know the difference. What the Bible talks about is truths that come from God, not our opinions. Because, see, we like to throw around this idea of, well, I like to just tell them like it is. You don't know how it is. Unless you're actually quoting the Bible, you're wrong. That is how it is from your perspective. That is not how it is. Because, you know, the, the one thing that I like about politics is people like to, to, to gripe and moan and say all of this stuff about politics, but that's easy to do when it ain't your decision. Right? It, 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 a lot of times we're only looking at it from where we're at with what we can control, and that's very little, right? But has anyone ever said something to hurt your feelings? This is also what I got told this week. Why don't you just stop and go put your Morgan Wallen back on? Now, I don't know who Morgan Wallen is. So, I mean, like, it didn't, it didn't hurt my feelings. But, well, actually, I do know who Morgan Wallen is. Okay, I know my, my niece and my sister-in-law went to watch him or her. I don't even know if it's a boy or girl. I, I don't know who Morgan Wallen is, and I, and I cared enough that I didn't even go look. But, but the point is that that didn't hurt my feelings because it's not true. They could have called, they could have said, well, well you're a bumper floss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't care. I just say whatever you want to, right? I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. I'm not going to get mad 
over, once again, somebody trying to attack my identity with country music. If that's what he, I don't, I don't know. He could be pop country. He could have been something else. I don't know. And I'm not, he must be good if my, if somebody likes him, right? But here's the deal. It all stemmed, it all stemmed from this. I had made a funny meme that said, and it was two guys laughing and it said, me and my buddies, when asked if we prefer to go to a roping branding or a calf table branding. And it was two guys laughing. That's it. <laughs> That's what they got so bent out of shape about because they thought that I was attacking their identity. You know, you notice what I said. I said, me and my buddies laughing when asked if we prefer to go to a roping branding or a calf table branding. And if you're unsure of what we would choose, you haven't been going to save the cowboy very long. And you've never been to a calf table branding, and a roping branding, right? It's a lot more, and the whole point is it's a lot more fun to rope and brand, right? Than just to push calves down an alley and get kicked 7,000 times. I'm not saying it's bad. You've got to use what you've got to get the job done. And I'm all for that. My whole deal was a preference. It was just a personal preference. And they got their feelings hurt because I prefer something different than they do. Okay, <laughs> great, I'm not attacking that. It was just a personal, personal preference. But they felt like I was attacking their cowboy life. Once again, living in pain and fear. Because when you have a life filled with pain and fear, you always think people are attacking you. You always think that. But the thing is, here's the thing and I'm alluding to this in it, is that people rarely get mad at what people say, right? They get mad at what they think they meant by what they said. Think about that. It's not the words that make us mad. It's the what we think they meant behind those words. Now... He thought I was being critical of calf tables. Like I said, man, I've, I've been to calf table brandings. I've helped people brand on a calf table a lot. It's why I have a different preference, right? But that doesn't make it bad because if that's all I had to brand my calves, guess what I would use? A calf table. Now, one person said, well, we have to use a calf table because nobody around here can rope. And I was like, I know some guys that can rope. <laughs> we like to rope. We really like to go to brandings where they say, you've got to rope them all. We've got plenty of ground crew. <laughs> Angels start singing. Gabriel and Michael go saddle their horses, right? I'm serious, man. That's what happens. But most of the time, people do not get mad at words. They get mad at what, pe what they think people mean behind them those words. Listen, I, I, I lost, and I, when I, I'm going to say a friendly acquaintance. They were not friends of mine. We did not text. We did not call each other on the phone, but a friendly acquaintance that used to come to save the cowboy, I lost them as a friend, a friend because I had posted a, I think it was a John MacArthur quote that said something along the lines of, 
turn on the lights, talking about church. He said, turn on the lights, do away with all of the music, don't pass an offering plate, and see how that works in your church. Well, I shared it because that's what we do here, right? I shared it. Now, understand, John MacArthur turns the lights off, passes an offering plate, and has music, okay? He was trying to make a point of all of this is fine, but don't miss what's really important. Now, with Save the Cowboy, I just decided to let you play your own music on the way to church. That way, every song is your favorite song. You can sing at the top of your lungs to it, and when you get here, we'll do a little sermon, and then we'll visit, right? But they thought that I was criticizing music. I play the bass, guitar, piano, drums, and banjo. Did I, I, I thought I said banjo. Yeah, I play all of these instruments. I don't hate music. I was in a church band. Ty's a drummer. Nobody loves music more than me, but I also know how music, how divisive it can be. Because I promise you, if me and Caleb and, and uh, Ty and Emily got up here and sang three songs, you would all be nice. But not all of you would think it was the best thing that you'd ever heard. Nothing compared to what you listen to in your car on the way to church. Right? But it's, it's not a criticism. I don't hate music. I've just chosen not to deal with that. Number one, we, we're in a fairgrounds every morning, every Sunday morning. We have to set everything up. That's hard enough as it is. Right? That's hard enough as it is. But it was, I didn't lose a friend over what the said. I lost the friend, but they thought I meant by that. And I even told them, I don't mean that. And they told me, yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's... So, here's how to fix it. I've already mentioned this once. If you get your feelings hurt by what people say, which means you get mad at what people say, be secure in who you are, okay? Be secure in who you are. People get mad at things that they are afraid might be true. So if you tell me to take my stuff back to boot barn, that doesn't offend me because I can't find anything in boot barn to buy. So I ain't got nothing to take back, right? And I'm not criticizing boot barn. We're just having fun this morning on a kind of a difficult topic, right? But see... People get mad at things that they are afraid might be true. Well, you ain't no cowboy. Like I said last week, I got accused of, uh, well, is he a good cowboy? Because he doesn't seem like it, because all he talks is about is how he messes up all the time. I'm, I'm secure in that. I mean, I don't. I, I, y'all have only heard about, like, the tip of the iceberg of the mistakes I've made. <laughs> if they think that's a lot, woo! <laughs> I make them all the time, right? But I also get a lot of things right, too. I'm secure in who I am. Who are you? Well, if you're a professed believer in Christ, let me tell you who you are. And this is what I want you to be secure in. You are a child of God, and therefore you are a prince or princess in the kingdom of heaven. Start acting like one. See, princes and princesses don't get perturbed by the ramblings of peasants. And that's all that is is ramblings of a peasant. They, they, they're not in our kingdom. They don't belong to the same kingdom we belong. They belong to the kingdom of the world. We belong to the kingdom of heaven. And like we want them in our kingdom, but we're not going to fight them for it, right? We're just not going to fight them for it. We're going to protect our peace. We're going to protect our cool, 
We're going to protect who God calls us to be because he has called us to be ambassadors for Christ. And quite frankly, we need to act a little better. And that means quit getting your feelings hurt all the time. So since, here's how to fix it. Number one, be secure in you who, are, who you are. And the second thing is, since you're going to assume, because we can't help but think when somebody says something, well, what do they mean by that? Right? Since you're going to assume, I've got, I've got a, a task for you. I want you to start assuming the best. Okay? I'm listening to a book, a book series called The Stormlight Archives, and it's by a guy named Brian Sanderson, and it has quickly moved to probably number two of all time next to the Dark Tower series. Um, in what I like to read for my personal pleasure. And it is, I'm, I'm very convinced that this book series, it's huge books, huge books. The unabridged audio book that I just listened to was 55 hours long. I mean, these are huge books, right? There's not a single sexual act in them, and there's not any cussing. That was the third book that was 55 hours. The first one was 24. The second one was 48. The third one was 55. Okay? No sex, no cussing, and it's all about honor and being a good person. Phenomenal. But there's a guy in there named Lopin, and he, the, the guy that does audiobooks makes him sound like a New Zealander, a Kiwi, or an Australian. I'm not sure. I can't tell the difference between the two. But this dude has the best outlook on life. He did something one time. He's kind of a silly fella, but they said, Lopin, do you know why you're still single? And he said, oh, I figured that out a long time ago. He said, there is just too much of the loping for, most, for a single woman. There is just too much loping for one single woman. I am just too much. And they sense that I'm too much. And therefore, when my too much comes their way, they have to vacate. <laughs> and that's just a silly example. Like, you cannot steal this guy's cool. He is going to turn around and assume the best in every situation, and he is by far my favorite character in that whole book series. And if I ever call you Goncho, <laughs> you'll know it's from that book. So anyway, be like Lopin. Assume the best. I got to practice that this week, right? Because somebody sent me a text and a normal person could have assumed that they might have been having a hard day, right? And when they sent the text to me, my natural instinct was to be like, well, what did they mean by that? Well, I got to practice what I was going to preach on on Sunday, whether I knew it or not. And I just said, well, how would Lopin handle this? <laughs> and I said, well, they texted me because they knew that I was tough enough to take whatever they're going to dish out today, and I was going to love them anyway. So thank them. I, I, I appreciate them giving me the opportunity to grow. Without people like that, I'll never grow. And I didn't think about it for the rest of the day after that. It's amazing how if you're going to assume, assume good. You can have fun with it, right? Have fun with it. But here's why we got to be like Lopin, okay? You may think you can, can this is in Romans 2.1, okay? Romans 2. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad, and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself for who, you 
For you who judge others do these very same things. And basically what it's saying is that, man, by even just assuming somebody is being mean and getting angry at what you thought they meant versus the actual words that they used, you are condemning them. That's what that means. So, negative... Has I told you the truth? Now... We'll end with this. Genesis 27, 41. And, and this is a kind of, it's not the last point, it's a summary of it. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to scheme. I will soon be mourning my father's death. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. See, when you get this mad, you're not mad anymore. You're not mad. You're out of control. You've, you, you, you're past anger now. You're past. See, see, the Bible tells us not to let the sun set on our anger, right? Yes, you can be mad. You just have to deal with it before it makes you lose control. It's that simple. You can deal with anger, but you cannot deal with anything when you're out of control. Right? It, it's, it's like I, I, I don't remember who I was talking to. I think it might have been Mitch. But anyway, I, I've got this saying that everything before the butt is the truth and everything after the butt is bull crap. Okay? Let me, let me give you an illustration of that. So, uh, I know I should love people. Everything before the butt is true. Everything after the butt is bull crap. I know I should love people but they make me so mad, right? That, that's, that's what I mean by that. You, you can deal with anger, but you can't deal with nothing when you've passed anger into out of control. And Esau was out of control. Because see, that's what hate does. If you don't learn to deal with it when you're mad, it turns into out of control. And out of control leads to sin. Every single time. Every time. Hate is a sin, okay? Hate is a sin. Now, now, we can say we hate some ideologies. That's not a sin. I hate evil. That's not, that's not a sin. But hating people is. Wanting them dead is. You know, Griffin came over yesterday to help me cut down two trees, and he needed some hours for his work on the excavator, so... Perfect timing. I get two trees cut down and, and dug up. And Griffin gets his, his hours so he can get a raise at work. It's a win-win situation, right? So he's cutting these trees down, and I'm going to go get the tractor so that I can lift the trees up and take them to the dump, right? So I go in there, and I get in the tractor, and I back up about this far, and I think, ah! Oh! See, we've got a slow leak in the left front tire. And you, you got to fill it up about every third day. But you see, uh, it's been about four days since I drove it. And I backed it up about that far and thought, oh, I better check that tire. And I looked out and I popped it right off the rim. Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel. Thank you. Jesus, take the wheel. So I go over there. And I do not get mad. You want to know why I don't get mad? Because I've got a brand new can of starting fluid in a match. I'm going to show this tire. 
I am going to show this tire. So I go over there. I... If you ask me if I tried it the first time while it was on the tractor, I will not say anything. Okay? I won't say anything. But eventually, I took the tire off of the tractor, and I put it outside, and I closed the overhead door just to be safe. And I took my full can of starting fluid... And I didn't have matches, I had a lighter. (laughs) And I chickened out. (laughs) And I went and got the matches, right? So so here I am, right? It's got seven pounds worth of starting fluid in this tire, right? And I'm lighting wooden matches and I'm chunking them at this tire. And it only did one thing. I caught the can of starting fluid on fire. And so I had to run get the starting fluid because it was going to catch the 14 pounds of starting fluid that's inside the tire. And I mean, it's like a, it's like a Molotov cocktail, right? Because I had sprayed it all on, you know, can had starting fluid all over. So my, my, my tire is not blowing up, but my can of starting fluid is. So what I did is, I flash back to you soldiers the example that y'all gave. You have to jump on the grenade, right? (laughs) So what I decided to do instead of jumping on the grenade, because there was nobody else to save but me, is to get the the fiery starting fluid away from the tire, right? So I go up and I grab this burning starting fluid, and I'm going to throw it. But am I going to throw it for safety or because now I'm mad? Well, I couldn't tell. So I did what I want y'all to always remember from here on out. If you get real mad at something, you take that thing and you wind up like you were Nolan Ryan in his prime and you throw it as hard as you can with your left hand. If you're right-handed, you wind that sucker up. And if you're left-handed, you put that thing in your right hand. You ever seen a two-year-old try to throw a ball? I grabbed that starting fluid and I thought, I'm going to practice what I preach. I put it in my left hand and went, and it landed like right there. And then you know what I did? I laughed. It was the most absurd thing you have ever ever seen in your life. And now my can of starting fluid is all like blah, blah, blah. So I learned another lesson is that you've only got about six seconds to light that starting fluid on fire or it's just going to become a candle wick. Because when I went to light that, it doesn't pop anymore. It just burns for seven hours. And it was catching my rubber on fire, so I had to put it out. And I finally had to get the the strap, and I actually did it with a 
with a uh, ratchet strap and got it done. Don't lose control when you're mad. If you think you're going to lose control, get your phone, put it on record, and film yourself throwing something with your offhand so that you can show all your buddies just how tough and mean you really are. <laughs>